You are so powerful and thoughts of yours in alignment with the truth of your power and your innate, innate settings to thrive will become things, the things and events of your life faster than thoughts that are not in alignment with the truth. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Happy Monday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's questions, combination of several uh, participants about past humiliation and present day self-doubt. Basically, this is about how can I stop those icky thoughts from sabotaging myself? Specifically, Mike, I understand how what I place in my consciousness gets projected out and therefore I must show up. I'm struggling to believe that it will show up, which makes holding it in my consciousness shaky. It's like I hold it there, but then thoughts of it's not possible and what if it doesn't happen start coming to mind. It's like whack-a-mole. And then I start to believe those doubts. Uh, also, there are a couple of humiliating things that happened in my past, a few years back now, that I can't seem to stop replaying. I don't want to perpetuate this stuff. How can I stop these thoughts? All right, so this is time for some basic manifesting 101. Topics you have heard me speak on before, perhaps I'll shed some new light this time. Um, you are of the divine, by the divine, for the divine, and you came here by choice, picking who you are. You are, by extension, who God most wants to be, and you came here to rock and roll. Okay, your inclination is to thrive. You are everywhere always at once. You have the power through your words and your focus to literally move mountains. That's going to be the next lifetime. But for right now, you can certainly bring about happiness, bring about new friends, financial abundance, creative expression, health and harmony, healing, whatever you want. You are so powerful and thoughts of yours in alignment with the truth of your power in your innate innate settings to thrive will become things, the things and events of your life faster than thoughts that are not in alignment with the truth. You know, I'm dumb. It doesn't work. People don't like me. I'll probably fail. I'll do what I did 10 years ago and humiliate myself. No, you won't. You are so much more than you were 10 days ago and you don't give yourself credit for that. And one of the things I'm really keying in on lately in my own life and my own thinking is with intention, desire, and don't make that be complicated. Intention means you want it to happen and you're about to take action on it. And then you do take action on it. When you set yourself in motion towards a dream, you activate other parts of your entire multi-dimensional being. You summon from other parallel existences, past reincarnational lives, future reincarnational lives, and tap in to what they call the Akashic Records for any success stories that will buttress your confidence, for talents and abilities that are latent within you. They begin activating. Your intention, your wish, your baby steps sets into motion more than you could ever imagine. And so if in your baby steps, you start to self-doubt, hate yourself, kick yourself, you start remembering those silly, embarrassing things. You were wrong, totally wrong. It was a couple of years ago and it's haunting you. And what are people still doing? Those thoughts don't stand a damn chance against this gigantic tidal wave of awesome perfection that you are. You are. Go ahead and wonder something after this tune-up. Think about what if this happened? Wouldn't that be great? Oh, all the people I could help. That's going to set into motion little tiny snowballs that will turn into gigantic snowballs as long as you periodically revisit those wondrous thoughts and periodically show up 
which is a demonstration that your inner witness sees that emboldens the belief of your inevitable arrival. This is going to happen. Look, Mike's still moving. Even though it's against the odds, even though he's never done it before, even though he fell flat on his face the first five times, oh my gosh, prepare all systems for transformation. This is your power. This is your nature. You're not a 50-50 shot at, at what? Survival? Or 50-50 shot at your big dreams coming true? You're going to kill them. You're going to crush them. This is the nature of you choosing to be you. You would have only come here if you could blow the lid off this joint. And don't go looking for other people's lives while they, they fell down and they got sick and they died. and they That's their adventure. Those are their um, forays into creativity, learning, and misguiding. And perhaps, not to put a negative slant on that, and, and perhaps... Um, unintended manifestations. Don't go looking at other people. Look at you. Look at your past successes. You are so inclined to thrive, even when you're scared, even when you're feeling humiliated. Don't worry that you worry. So you asked in here, how do I stop the worry? You don't. It's going to keep on going. You just go. You just worry your little heart out. Simultaneously, I tell little Mike, you just worry Mike, but simultaneously, Sit down for five minutes and visualize. Sit down and see your desired end result. Oh my God, the, the floodgates begin to tremble just with those five minutes, even if they're infested with self-doubt, worry, intimidation, negativity. What if it doesn't work? That doesn't matter. And you're not going to turn that off. But what does happen is you start gaining so much momentum and you start seeing changes. No, not tomorrow. Maybe not in the next six months, but you stick with it. It has to happen. And then you start seeing changes and then you've got a few new friends and you've got a few new interests and you've got a website going on and you're doing this and you're launching the business or you're getting the promotion. And suddenly there are so many pots on the stove. There's a better expression for that. So many plates that you're spinning, so many wonderful things that are possibly percolating that those Thoughts of self-humiliation and lack of confidence and doubting your abilities, those just get squeezed out. They get just squeezed out. They don't have any room to come in. They're, they're so silly. They're like, oh my gosh, those folks again? Oh, 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 oh. And they, they, don't, they don't come back. But you'll play games with yourself. You'll tease yourself. You'll have a pity party in six months. But then you'll be unstoppable because you're going to have some momentum going. There is momentum. You being born, you watching this right now, there's so much momentum in your favor. This is not a 50-50 shot, okay? Inclined to succeed. Positive thoughts, 10,000 times more powerful than negative thoughts. Don't worry that you worry. Just get out there. Dream. And if you don't know what to dream, I've been there. You've done the hows and the shoulds for other people so long. You don't even know what you want anymore. Do anything. Go for a walk, take up crochet, paint a painting, get a job. If not for the money, just for the outlet. Just go mix up your life and you'll start finding things that are more interesting than other things, more appealing. Ooh, that looks pretty good. Oh, I, I might have a wall of houseplants. Uh, a, a wall of houseplants. Yeah, I saw that recently. Um, and you'll just start finding your little interest and it doesn't have to be huge might just begin with nature, might begin with a walk in the park or around your backyard or take the dog out on a leash through the neighborhood. Let there be these incremental efforts to get you in the world because the one thing I'm sure will never, ha never happen for you if all you do is have a vision board and sit on the couch, Oprah is not calling, neither is Ellen. Nobody's calling, okay, unless you're out. So dream, you ordain the magic, but the magic can't reach you. Show up to the bowling alley, Go people watching at the mall, suddenly you're a lightning rod for serendipities. One person leads to another. One idea leads to another. When you least expect it, you're on your own. And one day you'll wake up like I did and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm living the life of my dreams. And I didn't even know when it happened. It's just like, it just kind of snuck up on you. It sneaks up. And while it's sneaking, if you're just like, it doesn't work and I'm too negative and I hate what I did five years ago and you let that chorus go on and on without some baby steps and some wonder and some dreams, you're going to be in this place where you, you can't move forward. But just knowing, just knowing right now you've got momentum, whether or not you can see it, just knowing that you're here to thrive, just knowing that you've never been given a dream that wasn't meant to come true.
Just knowing that puts you 10,000 steps beyond your old self. So start knowing it and you'll start seeing it. Start showing it and you'll start being it. Okay, get out in the world and have some fun. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up on this Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Uh, this one's about partners, having an unhappy partner. Ah, that can be so difficult. That can be so tricky. Mike, I have been feeling great for everything in my own life, but struggling over the fact that my partner is in a mire of moroseness often. I understand the reasons for it, and I have compassion for it, but there is a piece of me that wants him to be in the same place I am so badly, I get irritated. I just need to figure out how to deal with it. Mike, some ideas. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of ideas here, and maybe through a patchwork, um, we can find some peace. That's my hope. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you is uh, something that I think we're all susceptible of doing is over-identifying with our partner uh, to the point that we feel like our partner defines us and uh, that if they're not happy is a reflection of us. If they go out and do something or say something odd or silly in front of friends or strangers or the police, um, that that's like a part of who we are. They're not you. It, let there be this, this gulf between the two of you, even as you are a pair in the adventure of a relationship. Do not over-identify. You've been through your stuff, they're going through their stuff, and obviously there's been enough commonality that you have found uh, an enjoyable, for the most part, to have an adventure together. So let there be that space. Uh, you talked about that in the extended version of your question. Um, let there be that respect, and let there be that understanding that what they're going through is not you, is not a reflection of you. And I know that that's not quite your point. Um, you want them to be happy like you're happy, but you know, it's come and go. And sometimes there's synchronization and sometimes there's not, but there's other elements or aspects to the relationship that can make it great. So first point, don't over identify your identity and who you are with them. I'm not saying you're doing that, but this happens in a lot of relationships and it always makes it difficult when the person behaves or chooses feelings that are different than when you, where you are right now. Uh, the second thought I wanted to share with you is that, and this is certainly not uh, exactly your instance, I don't know you other than these few words that you shared with me, but this pertains to relationships that could be in a place where you are right now. You're in a relationship with somebody to share elements, not your everything, elements of your life with them. Um, they're in your life and you're in their life, I should say, for exactly the same reason. Um, we are not in a relationship with somebody who is to provide for our life or to provide our everything. And clearly in this case, um, this one element is not being provided to you. but there are so many other elements, right? There are so many reasons to be in a relationship and none is wrong or right. Uh, adventure, joy, learning, self-reflection, looking at a mirror. Uh, I mean, it's an endless number of reasons. And sometimes some of the reasons or the benefits of what we're getting out of a relationship are just like through the roof rich in lessons or joy or whatever it will be. But other categories are like, zero, not getting anything out of that. Um, but you don't need every bucket filled from one person. Uh, given the parameters that you agree on, morality, legality, however you choose to define morality, at least, or ethics. But we are not, we are with somebody to be with somebody. We are not with somebody so that they can be our everything. That, that's a, a formula for disaster. Not saying that that's where you are. Um, similarly, uh, if you had one request of any partner, speaking to anybody out there right now, one request of any partner, uh, top of that list, I trust, would be to, to let me be me. Okay, I'm going to do this adventure with you and we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to learn a lot of lessons.
But above all, I got to be me. And they got to be them. And they got to let you be you. And you got to let them be them. And if that equation somehow brings more uh, minus signs to your existence than plus signs, well, that brings me to another point I wanted to share. Um, that that you, you asked ultimately what, what to do. Um, you get to, to decide. And, and let me just share this. There's no answer that's unspiritual. You could say, hit the road, Jack. That's not unspiritual. You could say, I love you. We'll try harder. Uh, that's clearly not unspiritual. Don't think there is a right answer. There's not a right answer. There's a lot of great answers. So go with what feels the best over time for you. And if you don't know what to do, don't do anything just yet. Okay, I'm not trying to push anybody to uh, end a relationship. Uh, there's so much good can come from a relationship. But if it's not your time, not your place, so much more can come from not being in a relationship. People that are not in relationships can have adventures that people in relationships can never have. And I'm not talking about necessarily physical adventures, but psychological adventures, adventures into joy, into self-discovery, into fulfillment, into independence, into rapid learning. And all of those lessons or adventures could also be had by a different type of person or at a different time in their life by someone who's in a relationship. So there's no right status um, it's just where you are right now and whatever decisions you need to make, go ahead and make them and feel not that there's any thumb on the scales, that there's a higher road to take, tough it out uh, or don't tough it out. You know, it's all good. It's totally all good. And the very last point, sometimes, and you know people like this, they are happiest when they are unhappy. Okay. And so uh, what I say is just let them be happy which for them means unhappy. And if that uh, is a deal breaker for the rest of the relationship, then, then let them go. But if in their unhappiness, they can still bring other elements to the relationship because they're not always miserable, I hope, um, and they're learning and helping you learn, well, then maybe it's a good thing and, and that their unhappiness might actually add to the equation. So for those who are happiest unhappy, let them be happy. Let them be unhappy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions you're asking on Facebook or Instagram on the day of a live broadcast. Mike, must happy come before manifesting? Now, I'm going to read the whole question to you. And notice there are some very interesting layers to this question that don't really jump out um, at first glance. But we'll parse it down and... Um, serve up something very delicious for you. Mike, I saw a quote from Neil Donald Walsh that said that yearning for a new way will not produce it. Only ending the old way can do that. This quote makes me feel confused and depressed because it seems like to move forward and create better life in, in the present and manifest a happy future, I have to first deal with all my baggage and it's extensive. It makes me feel stuck and helpless, completely powerless. What if it's just too difficult for me to change my attitude towards certain things in the present that have deep roots in the past? Do I first have to deal with my issues and be okay with everything that angers or scares me before I can manifest a happier future for myself? Ah! No, you don't. You don't have to do that. Um, please, words slip and fail. Even words chosen by the almighty Neil Donald Walsh, who I truly deeply love, have had conversations with. He let me interview him for uh, my podcast. Maybe you've heard it. Um, his books just lit me up. Conversations with God. Uh, perhaps he should be answering this question, um, but you've tossed it my way and, and uh, I've got a lot to say on this. I have said again and again, words which are so painfully linear 
You can't even read nor speak except on a timeline and time's an illusion. And so words are so extremely limited compared to truth. And when we try to apply words to truth, they slip, they fail. Yeah, there's traction. Yeah, there's truth. I love what Neil wrote. Um, but to take it to such a degree that you must do A before you do B, in this case, does not apply. What I trust and believe Neil was getting at, and I've read this in other places, you can feel it in your soul. If you can get to a place uh, of calm and peace, particularly with regard to a desired manifestation, and you can get to a place where you could be happy without it, yet you still want it. Now, that's a really weird dichotomy, at least for us at these primitive times in time and space. If you can be happy now with an unfulfilled desire, wish, dream, while still desiring it, this is such a magical recipe for fast manifestations. Be happy without it, but still want it move towards it, be detached from is manifestation or not. Oh, you're so going to get it. That's exactly what Neil was talking about. The less you care, the less you worry, the faster the manifestation, but you still got to care. And so this is like really, really clunky and weird. I can also attest to the fact as straight up truth that a deep yearning pitched desire like i will do this i want it with my heart and soul with an underlying premise that it's possible come hell or high water it's gonna happen in my life okay hopefully not without the anger but even with anger you can ride anger lust greed and hate towards any manifestation. Not the best way, okay? But don't be thinking you must be the perfect goody two-shoes, um, totally at peace with your baggage before you can have an ice cream cone. You can go have that ice cream cone right now. You can go have 200 ice cream cones right now and still not give yourself permission to be happiness, but yet be a manifesting maestro. Do not think one is a requirement of the other. Now, I'm not trying to promote lust and hatred by any stretch. But in my life, when I have gotten to a place of just pitched yearning desire, where there was the implication that this can and will happen for me, as opposed to, oh, I want it, I want it, I want it, oh, damn it, oh, crap, and everybody else has it, and why can't I have it, and I want it. That is just pushing it away from you. So this big yearning desire that Neil Donald Walsh was talking about is the desire that comes from uh, a sense of helplessness, a sense of hopelessness, a sense of, I don't have it. What is it going to take? How come I, maybe I'm overplaying it, but that creates separation. But the same pitched and heightened yearning, even more magnified with an underlying like, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to visualize it. Now, you know, forcing and pushing and stressing is, is not a, a recipe for joy. You're going to get it, but you're not going to be that happy. So I'm not advocating this. I'm just suggesting and, and balancing the, the question you have, must I be perfect and enjoy before I can get out of the funk and baggage that I've brought this far? No, you do not have to. And there's a million grades. Okay, You don't have to do it with a pitched yearning like I have done it sometimes, nor do you have to do it like you know a perfect saint. But you find your own balance. There is so much wiggle room, so much leeway. You're God Almighty for whom all things are possible. Your thoughts become things. You're going to get it. It's going to work. You're going to be pushed on to greatness. And you're going to be like the poster child for making one's dreams come true. So realize uh, you've got this. Um, work it on every front. 
Continue with the introspection. Continue with trying to sort through your past and your baggage. Unless it's too uncomfortable and, and just too much not fun, then, then don't. But if you can handle it, do some introspection. Give yourself permission to be happy today while continuing to desire whatever it is you want to desire and taking steps in that direction. All important, taking steps in the direction of change. Happy steps, ideally. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Looking at the headlines this morning, how else could I spend to choose the time we have together than to speak about the overnight invasion by Russia into Ukraine? What to say? Oh my gosh, I can only speak to the periphery of it, but perhaps when we look to understand these types of violent flare-ups, um, we might see that there is some kind of order, not justification, but order, that there's some kind of healing going on, that we can facilitate that healing, and that above all, that it is playing itself out in the heart of God where these illusions of time and space all began. So let's speak to the very first point that I think bears some relevance, and that is to the fact that we are going through planetarily a change unlike anything in recorded history, uh, with not only the physical ailments that are showing up, coronavirus and political discord, and uh, now uh, an invasion in Europe. Um, these are symptoms or yeah, symptoms of something deeper. Uh, it's the evolution of consciousness. It's the rising of vibrations, however woo-woo that sound. And to me, it sounds to be full of it. Um, things are changing here and people are asking questions they have never asked before. They are no longer just following the leader as we have for centuries and millennia. Um, we're delving into spirituality and not using the man-made crutch of religion as an example. Um, we are coming into our own. We are, as a collective average, uh, young souls moving into adult soulhood, if you will. And there's all kinds of angst and, hey, I thought I was it and I thought I was amazing. And now I realize my power comes with responsibility and that there are consequences for my decisions. And so we're not nearly an old soul planet, not for a long, long time. Uh, a reference that implies a, a spiritual maturity. We are a very immature planet collectively speaking. Of course, there are baby souls among us, infant souls among us, and old souls among us. Uh, not to mention uh, legions in the unseen supporting our evolution by way of spirit guides and angels. But physically speaking, that's where the adventure is. And right now we are just emerging into finding out that we can fly, finding out that we can soar. And it's a really scary time. You remember that perhaps you were 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. And you know, you're going from king of the world, you're the boss to all of a sudden, you don't have a clue. And how do you bridge that gap? And so you fake it and you force your way and you make a scene or a spectacle or you become a recluse or you drink too much or you it's a very challenging time and that's what's going on spiritually now as the vibrations rise as we move into the light we are able to find out who we really are no longer hunting and gathering uh, for mere survival we have the luxury of contemplation going within becoming ethereal and learning to use our heart as much as our minds and so in the transition uh, when there's resistance, just as an individual having resistance will bring about a common cold or a cancer uh, or other unintended manifestations, the inner turmoil will bring that about for a person. So will it bring it about for a nation, uh, for a collective of any kind, uh, for a planetary system. And so we see not only in the United States, but pockets around the world where we are all moving into the light, 
But there are those that are very scared of change, of inclusion, of cooperation, of trusting thy neighbor. And so they're like, no, it was better before. I like the old way. Um, you know, you, you political slogans come to mind right now. This is love confused. This is love when there's distrust in the mix. This is... Um, a, a search for identity when things are changing faster than some would like. And so the flare-ups not only show up in ailments, but bursts of outrage, bursts of violence, far exceeding whatever the supposed cause was. We see this with unruly airline passengers right now, and we see this with political leaders in the United States going to crazy extremes with their chosen uh, lines of verbal attack to those that don't agree with them. And we see it happening in Russia invading the Ukraine right now. What I would like to draw your attention to and help you maybe uh, sense, and this is no justification for the unruly flight passenger or an invasion of a country, but there is an order going on. There is um, reason, there is purpose, there is love, and it's all, all going into this cauldron that will make possible a great healing. And I'm not justifying the flare-ups, but I'm saying they could have been anticipated. In fact, Nostradamus and a lot of those folks did anticipate with great accuracy from thousands of years ago that there would be upheaval. Now, nothing is set in stone, and nobody knows how chaotic or, um, uh, the word is cataclysmic maybe, these changes may be. Uh, in fact, much has been written and channeled in the last couple of decades that we avoided. We've already gone past the tipping point uh, of doom and gloom and, and the potential that existed for uh, annihilation, self-annihilation. So we're on a really great path right now. Okay, so Russia has invaded Ukraine. Hideous, disgusting, absolutely. But how many other countries in the last year invaded another country? Crickets. In the last 10 years. Crickets. It's like, oh my God, this is a world bursting with peace, bursting with love bursting with great strides forward in the evolution of our consciousness into the light. There is cooperation. There is integrity. There are conversations being had now, like I said yesterday, that have never been had about race, about inclusion, about all the things that are now our talking points and often fraught with a lot of fiction. They're at least being talked about. We are in such an awesome, awesome place right now. Don't be distracted. Every newspaper, every news station around the world is going to be broadcasting Russia invaded Ukraine. And they should, because they did. But don't let that take your line of thinking like that the, the whole world is at war. One guy with his... his well, I don't want to get into calling names, uh, but Vladimir Putin and his um, leaders, war machine, um, are following the orders of somebody else. And I can only hope that they are met with a peaceful resistance in the Ukraine. I mean, who am I to talk about this? Well, I am somebody to talk about this. And we're all needing to take responsibility for grasping what's going on in the world and putting it together in the best way we can, seeing that there is order. I'm not justifying it. Seeing that there is order, how healing is being played out and that if we can all send love, if you will, what to do about it? That was the, the question I posed. How to respond to the invasion of Ukraine with a compassionate understanding that Issues are being played out that will teach invaluable lessons to all involved, including witnesses from halfway around the world. Respond to the Ukraine with love. 
Respond to Russia with love. Respond to Vladimir Putin with love. That doesn't mean agree with them. That doesn't mean do whatever they say. But by no means would there ever be justification for violence. There's no justification for violence in taking tanks into the Ukraine. And this is one of the hardest talking points of any metaphysical discussion about the nature of reality as we emerge from the caves. But there's no justification for violence, even in the face of violence. Now, this is contradictory and contrary to everything even our great nation or all great nations believe in. There's this sense of violence is justified in the name of self-defense. It's not. It is never justified. And you're never in a place uh, in, on the receiving end of a bayonet or a tank by chance. There had to have been earlier views and beliefs of violence is okay sometimes. Well, Vladimir Putin just came out and said violence, we're rolling in as a form of self-defense. Literally, those are the words uh, that have been used in the last a couple of hours. This is an action of self-defense rolling into the Ukraine. There's no one who couldn't frame almost any argument to be that of the, the violence induced is self-defense. If you use self-defense as an excuse for violence, the violence will never end. And you might say, well, if I don't, maybe I'll die. Uh, let's not take that tangent. Let's realize we're more powerful than that. Uh, look at the likes of the other greatest peacekeepers on planet Earth. They were always peaceful resistors. You know their names, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, the work and the efforts that they expended in resisting through peaceful means. And I know you can say it's a funny tagline. It did them a lot of good. Both were murdered. Um, but we're eternal beings. And this is our playground. This is our workshop. This is where we learn what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes an individual will put themselves in harm's way for the greater good of many. And no one can deny the greater good achieved by Martin Luther King or Gandhi in India or other great leaders who refused to go down a violent path and instead made their resistance known through peaceful means. Um, one does not find themselves for no reason at all in harm's way. You're either a volunteer or an instigator uh, or a savior or someone facilitating the healing, but it's not random. So to, to use violence uh, as justification for stopping violence is an absolute uh, one-way ticket to annihilation. What does the Bible say? He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. But what if it's self-defense? He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Uh, just a brief metaphor. So anyway, there's orders. Send love to, to all parts of the world. Realize that bad behavior is always love confused. And whether it's the bad behavior of one nation or the Ukrainians or the Russians or the Palestinians or the Israelis or the Americans or who they, you know, everyone's trying to do their very best as they understand at the time. And, and if we can hold them in a space of love in our hearts and in our thoughts, and if we can hold a vision where comrades and men and women are embracing with happy tears, uh, the news cameras uh, talk about a peaceful resolution, um, champagne and happy dancing for all, then this will be the reality we create. There's no exceptions. There's no sometimes it always works in spite of evidence to the contrary be the peace you wish to see in the world understand that everything is playing out perfectly which doesn't mean don't use peaceful resistance if you don't like the way it's playing out but if something showed up there's a reason and it needs to be addressed and it can always be done peacefully on your behalf at a minimum jumbo fellow adventurers and welcome to another spiritual tune-up thanks for all of the great posts that kind of blew up on facebook 
yesterday, a little bit on Instagram as well, when we talked about Russia and Ukraine and what's going on and trying to put it in perspective. Um, one thing that kind of startled me, and I see this so much, we all do, um, particularly in the last couple of years, is even on my feed, uh, the blaming of politicians. And I'm not just talking about blaming Putin, but blaming American politicians. Um, little good will come from blaming politicians, completely forgetting that they are almost always a reflection of the population. Uh, they're an energetic reflection. They're uh, symbolic of the main vibe prevailing in the country um, that gave them rise. There's an old saying, a country gets the politician or the dictator they deserve. Now, I don't totally agree with that, but it does speak of thoughts becoming things. And this does not mean blame the population for a dictator that's run amok. By no means, blame does not fit in the context of any spiritual conversation, okay? It, it abdicates power, it, it implies things that don't exist, but the overall thing to get when you want to have a metaphysical grip on the nature of reality is that there's you and there's more you, and that includes everything in your realm. And that doesn't mean fault or blame and, and don't take it too far. There's hundreds of millions of citizens in the United States and uh, elsewhere in the world that, that don't um, put out a vibration that's reflective of their leader. Blaming a politician is like being anti-war, okay? It's going to get you nowhere. Mother Teresa taught us all this really, really well. Find out who you like, find out who you love, and, and elevate them, exalt them, support them, push them. I, I got to say, you know, I watch a little bit of all the news channels, and there's some news channels that a couple of years ago, all they did was bash Donald Trump. That does no good. And there's a couple of news channels that all they do is they bash the, the Democratic um, political leaders. That does no good. Um, even being anti-Putin is not an answer. Being pro-love, pro-peace, wanting to be the spark of change, that is the answer. Don't blame the supporters of the politicians or the leaders that you don't like. That's just going to create friction. Every single politician like every single human being, in their own way, given where they are, what they know, uh, their experiences so far, is doing their level best. So whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or um, Putin or, or anyone else, in their mind, they truly are doing their best for their people and for bringing about peace and and prosperity on earth. Do they line their pockets? Oh, a lot of them do. Um, does that mean it's all bad? No. This is a primitive time in the nature of reality. And pointing out their flaws, look, tell me what happens when someone attacks your point of view, your politician. Do you rush to find a common meeting ground? No! And this is what you're doing when you attack other people. You are putting a common meeting ground further and further away. You are doing your level best, and I salute you no matter who you support. I, su I respect everyone's pilgrimage towards truth and understanding the nature of reality, and everyone is on that same exact path right now. Um, the way forward is to be pro-peace, pro-your politician, grassroots effort, Get out there, be the change you want to see in the world, be the love you want to see in the world, and stop throwing rocks because people will pick up those rocks and throw them at you, and, and it gets worse when it's not rocks, but it's mortar shells and it's missiles and it's nuclear arms. Okay, This does happen. It spins out of control. The whole view of might is right is totally fatally flawed. Um, don't be dragged into the quagmire of thinking that attacking your enemy, whether with words or with bullets, is a good idea. And it doesn't matter that you think you're right. There is rightness from every perspective, from every perspective. And it is the odd, rare 
total lunatic that is in it for themselves and to hell with the rest of the world. As hard as that may be to believe, it is extremely rare. I don't, I don't know when that's even happened, but I'll give you the, like, the benefit of the doubt. Okay, there are some people that are just in it for them. If you want to be a change, understand the nature of reality. What vibrates within, what you choose to dwell on, shows up in the outside world. And this is the weirdest of weirds. This is the strangest of strange. That if you want change, in spite of evidence to the contrary, in spite of people running amok and trying to make advantage at your expense, which is almost never the case, but that's how it appears, means going within and finding peace here and seeing the good here, and holding out the olive branch, and turning a cheek. Um, If everyone in Russia right now, or if everyone in the United States right now, or if everyone in the Ukraine right now, just put down their work or their school for a day, and marched in the streets, walked in the streets, not to disrupt and unend and and, and try to spite thy neighbor, but went out there truly, with joy in their heart, or the best semblance thereof, it's not easy, so fake it until you make it, but went out there, locked arms, and sang, or spoke in loving terms about the potential for a beautiful world, everyone would eventually follow, and soldiers would lay down their arms, and politicians would be left exasperated, twiddling their thumbs and saying, well, maybe there's another way to look at this. Hey, can't we all get along after all? But we have to be the spark. And if we in the peanut gallery are blaming and pointing fingers, even at me, some of you, hey, I can take it. But if you're going to blame me, what good do you think you're doing? Go create a platform or attach yourself to a platform that you believe in and in a peaceful way, rally the the, the cause Uh, rally more friends, and be single-minded in your attempt to bring joy and happiness and camaraderie to the world. Much easier said than done. I'm not saying this is easy. These are the sacred jungles of time and space where we all think we're human beings, and we totally forget that we're spiritual divine beings and that love is the name of the game. We must be that change even when the world is pointing fingers at us or pointing guns at us. Listen to a little bit of what I said yesterday and you'll understand that if one gun goes up, one sword goes up, the other sword goes up and we all say, well, I'm in the right. I'm standing for principle. I'm standing. You're standing for destruction. If you're blaming me or if you're blaming Putin or if you're blaming Trump or if you're blaming Biden, you're part of the problem. Um, That's tough love. I'm really sorry to say that. And I don't, uh, I'm not trying to be popular here myself. I'm trying to share a perspective that will give all of us traction. There's no one watching right now who can't turn their cheek, who can't put their best foot forward, who can't choose a higher road. And if one at a time, the numbers shared by other metaphysicians, which I don't totally understand, but I feel is true, is just, you know, for for every enlightened person, And enlightenment is not a destination, it's a journey. But for everyone who takes the higher road, you offset the negativity of a thousand people. And so we don't need a hundred million people in the United States to march for peace. We just need a few hands, a few bodies. And peace begins here at home, in your own being. You do not have to go march for peace and, and, and lock arms, as I was just saying a moment ago. That's kind of an extreme, just as throwing rocks, pointing fingers, um, accusing and blaming um, is not necessary. So one person at a time, finding peace here, turning the cheek, imagining a better world, seeing in your mind's eye people laying down their arms, imagining the politicians responding. New politicians will rise to the surface, reflective of this new will and this new steel for peace. And It'll be a totally new world order. In fact, this is where we are right now. People are waking up. Discussions are happening. I'm broadcasting and you're listening. Um, I know that I'm making some points for some of you. That's my intention. For those who don't like what I'm saying, don't follow. Go somewhere else. 
But consider this, the thoughts that I have just shared here. If you can be motivated by peace, if you can see the good in everyone, if you can champion your idea of an idealistic political leader and go out there with love in your heart and wave the banner and the, the peace flag and the, set the doves free, um, you will be making the most profound difference. And in the beginning, it'll seem futile. It'll seem stupid. It'll seem like there's tragedy. But it's nothing compared to the tragedy of a world war. It's nothing compared to the tragedy of two nations pitted against one another. Always it is through peace that peace is achieved. It is never through war or sticking up for yourself. Yes, love yourself, respect yourself, stand your ground. Um, but standing your ground doesn't mean belittling and attacking and complaining and whining. Uh, standing your ground means shining your light, uh, telling the world that there's a chance for love. Uh, look at the great troubadours, what comes to mind right now. Uh, and please, I am not religious in any way, shape, or form. But Jesus, the, many of the people pointing fingers and, and wanting to, to take arms in the face of a dictator are devout religious followers. Uh, and, and oftentimes it's of Christianity. This, his message, louder than all of the other messages, was to be peaceful, to love thy neighbor like you love yourself. It didn't say love your neighbor uh, if they think like you. No, especially when they don't think like you. See the goodness in them. That doesn't mean capitulate. That doesn't mean roll over. But it does mean you don't raise your sword. It, doesn't, it does mean you don't point your finger. It does, it does mean you don't go throw eggs at them. It does mean you don't blockade and prevent other people from their livelihood. Be peaceful. Be joyful. It'll be a wave like the world has never seen. And again, you don't have to go out and march. You don't. Just be peaceful in your own posts. Be peaceful in your own discourse and ideology. Be peaceful by following a news station. And there are many out there that don't tear down the, the, the opponents. We're not here because of you know, one prevailing presidential leader or another. And I'm speaking about the people who are so upset um, with politics in the United States. We are here because this is a mass manifestation reflective of the confusion in the hearts and souls of every American. And the only way to slice through that confusion is to hear the other side, to hold out the olive branch, to respect the other perspectives, the other person's perspective, and then do as spirit and love and your heart moves you to do, which would never be to bear arms, point fingers, whine and complain about other folks. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend, uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration, every single day I send out a note from the universe. Right now, it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.